This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're in Genesis chapter 26, dealing with the life of Isaac and his two sons, Jacob and Esau. And I hope you're having a wonderful week. We're Thursday morning, and I'm looking out over a beautiful lake today, beautiful day. It's cooled off in the south, and uh, we're officially in fall weather. Excited about that. Excited to be with you this morning. studying God's Word, to be with you studying God's Word, and to be with you looking through the life of Isaac and uh, his two sons. As we go, I hope hope you'll follow along in the Bible if you're with me, if you're able to. If not, I'm going to read it to you. But for Isaac, he, he heard God, and he didn't go to Egypt, and he stayed in the land even though there was a famine there. He allowed the fear of certain things to overwhelm him, and he was overwhelmed with it. And he, which caused him an issue with the king of Abimelech because he lied and said that Rebecca was his sister. But that being said, that doesn't matter. Fear oftentimes is what happens in our lives. We allow fear to overwhelm us and we don't walk by faith. And when that happened, that it got settled, it got worked out, and uh, he eventually realized, you know what, I don't need to be lying to these folks. I need to be, I need to tell the truth and I need to be who I am. And when he realized that, when you come on the other side of fear, and we talked about how fear uh, can overwhelm you and it can it can control you yesterday. When you come out on the other side, you need to realize that in order to have God's very best, you're a part of that. And what I mean by that is, is that God uses your seeds of faith, the faith that you sow in your own life. He uses those seeds of faith to build his kingdom. He uses those seeds to build that which is more and greater than we could imagine. It says, then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. Notice he's, he has, he's done what God told him to do and stayed where he's supposed to be. But, but even in the midst of that, even in the midst of being where he's supposed to be and acting how he's supposed to act, you've got to sow seeds of faith. You've got to actually use your gifts and you've got to actually use the plan God has for you and walk in that plan. And then God brings about increase for you. Now, what I'm not saying is you've got to work in order for God to do great things in your life. That is not the issue. It's We're not dealing works in the sense of God's only going to accept you if you work and do the things he wants you to do as far as do actions. you got to go out there. you got to live your life in a certain regimented way and do this and this, and God's okay. That also oftentimes turns into ceremonialism. It turns into ritualism turns into legalism. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is that once you've once you've overcome fear, once you've walked in 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 the plan that God has for you, and then God gives you opportunities out there. He shows you who you are and what he wants you to be doing. Once he does that, 
you've got to you've got to actually do it. You got to act in faith on the things God reveals to you. You got to act in faith on the opportunities to be like him, to love other people, to change other people's lives, to plant seeds of hope in them, plant seeds of encouragement in them, plant seeds of mercy in them, plant seeds of expectation for bigger and better things in their life, plant seeds of power and purpose in their life. And I'm going through these things. There are seeds out there that God gives you. They're, they're gifts that God has given you to plant in, in the world we live in and in the life we have. And those seeds that he's given us, those abilities, that, and they deal with our giftedness also, those seeds and those abilities, that giftedness that God gives us, that giftedness that God gives us at plants, when you have that chance to go up to someone who's really down and out and encourage them, and not just encourage them falsely, not just give them false hope, but I'm, I'm talking about give them real hope. Give them, give them a hope that these things are going to, you pat somebody on the back and say, things are going to work out. It's all going to be good. It's all going to be real good. It might not be real good. They might be going into surgery and they're going to cut off their leg. That's not, you're not helping them, but encouraging someone when there, there is opportunity, when you see what God's doing, and there could be even encouragement when somebody's about to lose their leg, that they're not going to die, that they're going to have an opportunity to live a longer life. That, that you can find a place as encouragement, but we're not talking about just giving somebody an encouraging word that is really vacuous. We're talking about when God shows you an opportunity to really invest something in somebody's life, a word of, uh, a word of joy, a word of hope, a word of life. I can't tell you how many times in your life you're going to run into people and they're going to say something to you, and it is very disconcerting because you're sitting there going, man, they're struggling with this, or man, they're heading down a bad path, or man, this is going on, and it makes you get down on yourself. It, you just It's kind of like somebody threw cold water on you. But then the Holy Spirit gives you, gives you some insight into the situation or maybe gives you a word to say to them, something that, that is not from you. It didn't come from that cold water or that, those feelings of, of hopelessness, really, when you talk to them. But, but you have those words. The Holy Spirit gives you those words to say to someone in the right situation, and you do. And when you do, that's what the, I'm talking about when I'm talking about sowing seeds of faith. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about not giving someone a false hope or false encouragement or, or and it's, it doesn't even have to be false. It's just not, it's, it's, the truth is, it's just not personal. It's general. It's just, oh, everything's going to be okay. It's, that's not words of hope. That's not words of life. But when God gives you those words and gives you insight into how to really step up and really make a difference in, in directing someone toward him toward his plan, toward what he's doing. Let me say this. Those are the seeds that we're talking about sowing of faith. And Isaac sowed real seeds of faith. He sowed in the land. But remember, the land is the promises of God. In, 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 in the context of the Israelites, in the context of the children of Abraham, in the context of his line, the land is the promise of God. And when it says Isaac sowed in the land, that is a that is an Old Testament picture of a New Testament truth and an Old Testament truth. If you want to know, the, if you want to know the full extent of it, it's a picture of sowing seeds of faith, sowing seeds of grace, sowing seeds of God's word in your promises, in the place where God has you. And remember, Isaac was trying to figure out how to get away from there because there was a famine in the land. And then he was trying to figure out how to deal with all the men in town wanting his wife. And he didn't deal with those things 
necessarily perfectly. He stayed where God wanted him to be, even though he's trying to get away. And he lied and he, in fear, even though he didn't need to hide in fear. He God had a place for him and God had a plan for him. And so he just should have stood up and been who he's supposed to be. But even though he had all those issues and even though he had all those inadequacies, all those things that made him not what he should have been, even though all that was going on, God gives him opportunities to sow seeds for the future. And notice, when he sowed those seeds in the midst of doing God's will, not doing it perfectly, not doing it the best, not doing it not doing it with the vigor and the vim, sometimes we want him to do it, God gave him a harvest. And that harvest was a hundredfold. Because when you stand in the promises of God, even if you don't stand well, and when you, when you sow in the promises of God, when you sow the faith and the grace God has given you, in that land, even if you don't do it well, God gives you a harvest. He's going to give you a harvest. Why? Because he's going to reward you for doing what you're supposed to be doing, and he wants you to begin to learn how to do it well. He doesn't want you to do it in fear, so he's going to, he's going to give you a harvest to teach you not to walk in fear, even though there's a famine around you. He's, he doesn't want you to he don't want you to be fearful of the environment you're in because that's where he wants you to be. And so he's going to give you a harvest, even though you may have lied and obfuscated so that you could protect yourself. He's going to, he's going to take care of that. That is who God is. He is all, always taking care of you and teaching you, you how to walk by faith, even when you're not doing it very well. And the truth is, Isaac wasn't doing it very well, but he was doing it. He was doing it. You don't have to do it perfectly before God for him to reward you. That's not how this works. If we had to do it perfectly before God, before we got any reward or any increase or any power, if we had to do it perfectly before him, I can say this as straightforward and as honest as I possibly can. We would never do it because we would never do it well. I, I'm not even sure I do it well now. I've been trying to do this for 40 years of my life, and I'm not sure that I do it really well now. I know I do it better than I did 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago, but that's just marginally better than I used to do it. I'm not that much greater at doing it than I used to be. In fact, I'm oftentimes struggling with the same fears, the same doubts, the same difficulties that I was struggling with in the past. And uh, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that I'm all that much better at it right now. I just know that I need to be doing it. I need to be sowing in the fields. I need to be preparing the harvest field for that work. And I need to be doing it all the time. It says, he says, the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. That's a lot of prospering that verse has in it. It says he began to prosper. He continued prospering until he became very prosperous. What happened is he did what he was supposed to do, and God continued to reward him, continued to push him forward, continued to promote him. A lot of times in our lives, we want that promotion right now. But the truth is we got to learn to walk in what is required for us to walk fully and have that promotion and have the fullness of that promotion. Remember, God's the one that promotes us. If you promote yourself, that promotion can fade, fade and fail. If others promote you, like your family or your friends, you get them to promote you, that, can, that promotion can fade and fail. But I can promise you this, when God promotes you, when he puts you in a position, when he puts you where he wants you to be, that promotion doesn't fade or fail. And the reason God places you in place promotion, the reason he puts you in places so that he can give you that very best, the reason he does that <clears throat> is because he knows that you're, you have learned to walk by faith 
and that you are going to sow the seeds in the right place, that you're going to do what you're supposed to do, even though you're dealing with your own inadequacies, even though you're struggling with your own fear, even though you don't know exactly his will and his purpose perfectly. He knows all that. But if you're a person willing to sow the seeds, he's going to put you in a place to prosper. He's going to eventually promote you. And a person who sows the seeds regularly is always finds themselves in the middle of God's will. And so he said, for he had possessions of flock and possessions of herds and great numbers of servants. So the Philistines envied him. By the way, when you start doing what God's supposed to be doing, there are going to be people out there that envy you. There are going to be people out there that are upset with you. There's going to be people out there, as we say in the South, they're going to lie on you. They're going to tell stories about you. They're going to come up with whole things. I, I, one of the things I learned in the legal profession when I first got into it, there's enough bad things about people that are true and that we know about. But the facts are that there's there, they, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, people are not going to like it and people are going to have an issue with it. That's just the way life goes. They're going to have an issue with it, and they're going to begin to tell stories about you. I loved it. One time I was in the courtroom, and one of my really good friends, female lawyer, was there, and she's sitting right beside me, and we were dealing with a case. It was a custody case, and 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 you just have to know this lady. She's one of the most proper women. She would never do anything. She would never do anything out of sorts. Just one of just good old Southern women that would never get out of line, and, and that woman on the stand who is a drug addict and she's a she was a she's actually into the drug trade this was very early in my in my practice she she turned and said and, and that woman and i'm not going to call her name but that woman she's one of the biggest drug dealers in the county and her and the sheriff had the biggest drug operation in the whole county and i'm sitting there next to that woman and i just turned my head and look at her like did she really say that about you? Did she really say you're the biggest drug dealer in the county? Now, if you knew this woman, you would know, number one, she doesn't act like she's got all that much money. And number two, if you knew the sheriff, you would know that he's not that way. That's not the sheriff. But people, in order to get out of trouble, will do whatever it takes to get out of trouble. And especially if they're envious of you, and especially they're going to be envious of you if your life seems to be headed in the right direction. And your life is going to be heading in the direct, right direction if you're walking by faith, even if you're not doing it, even if you're not doing it perfectly. The walk of is a learned thing. It's a life thing. It's a growing thing. It, it requires you to con continue to work it, continue to work it, continue to work it. And the more you work it, the better you are. And the better you are, the greater the walk is. And so it just takes time to do that. It takes time to do that, and it's required to do that. And it says, now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father and servant had dug in the, in the days of Abraham, his father, and they had filled them with earth. Notice they were actively undermining Isaac. They were actively acting against his interest and against his what God had for him. That that you need to see that in this story. They are actively undermining Isaac and what God's done for him as far as his walk of faith. And let me say this: there are going to be people who do that. There are going to be people who do that. Jesus said there were going to be people who do that, and He said, "Do good to them." Do good to them to, who despitefully use you. Do good to them who hate you. Do good to those who would destroy you. Do good to those people. And it's clear, this is the this is clear teaching of Jesus. This is the clear teaching of Jesus Christ, is that you are to be who God is, 
no matter what other people are doing around you, even people who are actively coming against you. And let me tell you, my, her my heritage and my family line is to fight back. But that's not the teachings of Jesus Christ. If I'm sowing seeds of faith, if I'm sowing seeds of what God has given me, my gifts and my life, if I'm doing that, number one, I need to understand that there's going to be an increase no matter how well I do it. But number two, I need to realize that there's going to be those who actively work against me in doing that. They're gonna, that's going to happen. And my, my response to them is not to attack back. That's not how that works. God is our defender. God is the one who handles the issues around us. God is the one who, who takes care of those problems that, that we don't have an answer to. God is the one who sees all the potholes on the way of life. He's the one who sees all the robbers hidden in the woods ready to attack us. He's the one who, where the bridge is out up ahead of us and it needs to be replaced. He's the one who sees everything around us in our lives, and he is our shield and our defender. And David goes into that in such detail in the book of Psalms that God is the one who defends us. And if he's the one to defend us, my job is not to worry about his job. My job is to allow him do his job, and my job is to continue to do what I'm supposed to be doing. The enemy is trying to get you off track by distracting you with the issues around you and the issues other people have with you because you are walking by faith and doing what you're supposed to be doing. Don't allow those things to get in your way. You continue to be who you're supposed to be. You continue to walk by faith in the way you're supposed to walk and let God defend you, let God to take care of you. And he does. Listen to me. He does. It says, and Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us for you are much mightier than we. And notice, Abimelech's finally saying, I can't have you around me because you're greater than I am. And the truth is, his father was also. His father's the ones who defeated five kings that the four kings he lived with in the south couldn't defeat in battle, but he could with just a few hundred men. And Isaac is walking in the same faith, and he's walking in the same line and the same plan that God has for him. And he's also doing it not very well at times, just like his father did before him. But even though he was not doing it very well at times, and even though he was not doing it to the greatest possible level, God is blessing him, and God's taking care of him, and God's eventually going to bring about great harvest in his life, and he does, and he's eventually going to bring about great harvest in your life, and he will. And so I would say to you today, is as much as I possibly can say to you today, you keep sowing seeds of harvest, and you allow God to bring about the increase, and I promise you, he's going to do that. We've got great things ahead of us. Uh As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.